Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steven and I are together in the Cleveland studio. I'm not stalling so Steve can take a hit from a weed pen. How dare you assume that um, as, a, as an audience? Jesus Christ. I'm a rat. The art of subtlety is so right, lost right, yeah. on you. Yes, it is. Um, so we have not talked about the war in Ukraine in a while. And it's still going on. And it's getting uglier and uglier. Yeah. And um, I don't, you know, it's, it's just wild to me that in 2022, in the quote-unquote civilized world. We're not talking about the Middle East with where there's been craziness for 50 years. And we're talking about a place that was... Okay, just thank God we're not bigger than we are because what you just said might get us into a little bit of heat. Well, no, you know what I'm saying, though. We're in the civilized world, not, not the Middle the, East. Well, but the Middle East has been a disaster I, for 30 years. It's more of a... That sounded racist, I understand. Yeah, just, <laughs> we're, in, we're, in a, we're in a sensitive time. Yes, we are. And I give no fucks about the sensitive side of things other than to say I want to treat people with respect. But in any event, the war in Ukraine is still going on. It's getting uglier and uglier. Winter is coming to do yes. a, 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 a Game of Thrones reference. Game of Thrones reference. It's true. And so I'll jump in. Like look, I like I still follow a lot with what's going on in the Ukraine war because I just I I strongly believe that, you know, the Russians and Putin um, have committed multiple violations in the term uh, Geneva Convention, uh, human rights, um, you know, sovereign state, all that yep, sort of, yep. I mean, it's just, you know, all, all, all the things in that regard. So <laughs> I do still pay attention and, you know, look, this is not, this war is not going to end anytime soon. Um, once the Ukrainians showed that they were willing to fight and that they could fight, um, at a high level and obviously with the support of you know, U.S. weaponry and NATO weaponry, um, then, you know, it, I can't say it was clear to me, I'm not a war specialist, but the people that I trust and I know who know this stuff said this this thing may drag out. And, you know, the, the, the longer that it drags out um, in the way that it is with really the Ukrainians, you know, starting to get the upper hand and really pushing back, you know, with their own offenses against Russia um, then it just, it, it only prolongs this thing because, you know, Putin's not going to give up. Now his ego is fully taken over. He's completely, you know, just, just essentially, you know, it's like a, a better who's trying to, who keeps betting to, to make up for losses. Right. Right. And, and that's where Putin is at right now. And so that means it's only going to get prolonged, right? Like he should just, you know, he should just ask for some sort of negotiation call it off and then he can spin it however he wants you know to his people on russian tv or whatever but he's just not going to do that because you know it's going to show defeat and weakness fine whatever but where we're at right now is it's it winter has started in ukraine um winners in ukraine are you know typically start off cold and wet and they get colder and then they do eventually dry out but then they, they you know the temperatures drop to insanely cold levels zero degrees and you know 20 degrees the wind chill and the problem that the Russians are having is, you know, they, dra they, they forced a lot of people 
um, in the service via draft. I mean, it was kind of... Trying, what's a, there's a word for, like, pushy soldiers in the service. I'm drawing a blank on it, but... It, yeah. yeah. They literally, like, took people you know, off the street and said, you're a Conscription, you know. Conscription, um, But, so they pull, you know, they, they, they've got these people out there that are relatively untrained, um, by all accounts. Uh, they don't have proper equipment. They don't have good boots. They may or may not have gloves, some of them. Um, if they do, it's whatever their personal effects were. Um, you know, they're, they're having a hard time getting supplies, food, water uh, to the troops because of the weather. Um, you know, the ground is very muddy, very wet, and so it makes it very difficult for the large, uh, uh, you know, militarized armored vehicles to, you know, bring the supplies and get to them. Those vehicles are getting stuck in the mud. And then the soldiers can't get to the vehicles. The supplies are just kind of sitting out there. So a lot of these soldiers already at this point um, stuck in the field are literally dying of hypothermia, right? Because it gets so cold at night, right? Like, I mean, maybe maybe it gets up to 32 degrees right now. But at night, you know, the temperature drops, you know, well into the teens, if not lower. Um, and again, they just don't have the equipment to stay warm or the facilities to stay warm. They're outside. Um, and there's a really disturbing video from uh, Russian, or I'm sorry, Ukrainian drone footage of the Ukrainians, you know, going towards a camp where the Russian soldiers are. You can see the Russian soldiers, like, you, you can't see it clearly, but you can see it looks like a group of people, right? Like, okay. it kind of looks like you're looking at them even in a, in a microscope or whatever. But they don't move. They don't run. They can, you know, it seems like they're aware of the drone being above them. And they drop the bomb. And basically die, right? And and it's if you think about it, what are their options, right? You were forced into service by your government. You can't go back to them and say, "Hey, it's really cold. I I don't want to do this." You know, the people who are commanding them aren't anywhere near them. They're all safe, warm, tucked away, either in Ukraine or Russia, but somewhere not where this is happening. Um, and you know, they're clearly not taking, well, Hey, I want to come home as, uh, as, a as an answer option, yeah. or as an option. So a lot of these Russian soldiers are really being faced with this just awful decision, right? Like, do I cut and run and take my chances, um, you know, uh, going AWOL or do I stay? And even though I don't have what I need to survive or fight, at least I don't die the other way right like yeah. one way or another i'm not gonna make it so the question is you know do i just stay being loyal to the country or do i go and you know try to save my life in the hopes that putin loses track of me amongst the others and i actually am able to live a normal life i mean talk about a hellscape it's awful it's it's, it's unbelievable and other than drowning freezing to death has got to be yeah. one of the worst oh my god yeah i mean i've i've never Drowned, obviously, but I've heard people say that. I've you noticed, know, yeah, the fact that I'm yes. Anyway, uh, but I mean, I've sucked in water underwater and come up gagging, and it's a horrible feeling. Yeah, and uh, and people say that's like the worst way to go. Freezing to death is just a prolonged version of that, really. Yeah. I mean, just, ugh, just awful. And there's really no um, there's what. Needs to happen now, in my opinion, is we need to give Putin an out where he doesn't look like the failure that he clearly is. I don't know if it exists. Here, the problem is that I think that ship sailed a while ago. I think you're right. And it's his fault. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, there's. I don't think that there's a way that we can. There's. Not, I don't know if there's a way to spin it at this point. With all our might, without just blatantly coming out and lying, or just you know giving him way too much. Um, I don't. I don't think there's, there's there's a way to do it. I don't think that there's a way to diplomatically resolve this, um, which is also part of the problem, right? I think because Putin realizes the window is now closed for a diplomatic resolution that doesn't make him look terrible. Now he's now he's got to go all in. Now he's got to push all the chips to the middle of the table. But I think he's done that, and he's got. Do well, seven offsuit. Right. I mean, and, that's a thunder and, reference, but yeah, but I mean, he's that's just where he is, right? And you can't once you push them all in, you can't pull them right, back. You're right. right. So I mean, and that's what prolongs it because he's not going to sit down at the table and talk because he's no he knows that there's no way to make him look good, and or not look terrible, and so he's just going to keep going on with this until it comes to its natural resolution. Which, I mean, Actually, I don't know what do that we just is. Say, do we know what that is? Right. I mean, and, and I don't know what that is either. You get to a point where the Ukrainians just, you know, in the springtime or in the summer, they are, you know, they're fully loaded up and at full strength. The Russians, you know, the, the winter just really decimates them. Um, and the people in Russia really start to push back. And, you know, as they continue to try to conscript people, draft people, pull people in the service, they just completely revolt back against the government, which I, I don't know if that's likely, but it seems like there is unrest. I think but, I think that's probably the only possible. <laughs> yeah, resolution I mean, and, and that's like so if you know if they basically run out of this, run out of soldiers to throw in, and the soldiers that are there are so beaten down and or dead that they can't fight and that their only choice is to run, or give themselves up to the Ukrainians. You know, I, I mean, that, that's I think that's the only way that that it ends, assuming that Russia doesn't, you know, China, like China even came out this week and pointed to the fact that they did not want to be isolated in the world stage like Russia is is being. And, you know, they're still they're still showing signs of solidarity with Russia to a degree. But, you know, that may be fading as well. Right. Like as the white the writing becomes more clear on the wall. I mean, China's not dumb, and China's got their own issues right now. Right? They got a lot going on in China. I mean, China's got their own issues right now. So, you know, this idea of a Chinese-Russian alliance of, you know, epic proportions, um, which seemed more realistic, you know, six months ago, now all of a sudden doesn't quite seem as as big of a threat. You, you know, know, it's still a threat, and you have to take it serious, but... And there's, you know, there's so much going on in the world right now that kind of gets... Pushed off into the into the into the into the background, Iran is going through a major a, a, revolt re, re, revolution. revolution. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about Iran and when we talk about the World Cup. Um, China is dealing with another huge uh, COVID outbreak where they're literally dragging people into. I don't want to use the word concentration camps, but I'm not coming up with a better word. Well, there's I that, mean, and the Chinese people are pushing back and protesting yes. in ways that, that the CCP has never seen before, right? Um, so yes. uh, it's, you know, I, look. It, the world's on fire. Right, like, I mean, it, right. I'm laughing. I mean, and we've got our own issues here in the U.S., um, you know, the world is dealing with, you know, inflation. The world is dealing with, 
supply chain issues, which, you know... The, All the these one, are related to right, a degree. I mean, and the one interesting thing right now is, you know, gas prices have dropped significantly over the last, probably, say, month. Um, which a lot of people aren't really acknowledging, right? But I mean, well, that would involve possibly giving some credit to the yeah, Biden administration. Yeah, but Biden, they don't deserve. Well, the Biden administration doesn't deserve it because that's not why they didn't do anything to impact. This. Right, exactly. You know what's doing we it? We talked is, about they didn't do this. They can't credit, right. credit for undoing it. But so what's really pushing gas prices down is a decrease in demand because all of China is locked down, right? Like I mean, and China's starting to open back up, but China has been locked down. You know, they had another COVID outbreak, and then they forced people in. So that that kills demand on oil because China is one of the biggest uh, uh, users of crude oil, right? And so because you have this decrease in demand and you have this glut of supply, you have more supply than people are demanding – it's forcing prices down. Now they haven't, you know, dropped to levels of, right. you know, the '90s when I was a kid, and I could fill up at, you know, ninety-nine cents a gallon. But um, like those, and, and what's interesting is, is that no one's taking these lessons, right? Like you, you know, you've got the financial guys and the market guys, and I love Market Ben, but Market Ben would have a really complicated explanation as to why gas prices are going in. He'd bring in the, you know, all the oil futures and blah 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 blah. Like, dude, it's fucking supply and demand. Right, sure. there is less demand, there is more supply, and that is that is what it is, right? Um, and so you can l- use that knowledge to like inflation around the world is high because we shut down all of our markets. There was no demand for anything, and then we op- you know we pump some money back into the system, and then we open everything back up. You have this rapid spike in demand, and then all of a sudden you have to play catch up. It takes time to get factories started. It takes time to ship things across the Atlantic Ocean, which I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> it takes time to do all these things, and so you've got more demand than you do supply. Your sea prices go up, um, and you know people are spending more money, and then bam, inflation, right? Like that's like we knew inflation was going to happen. And people are just like, well, had we not put all this money with, co-? like, listen, if you didn't, if you, so you would still have this problem, even if you, even if they didn't do the, the recovery checks or stimulus checks or whatever you want to call them, because of the simple fact that you shut everything down, you reopened it up and you had instantly of a, a reverse in the supply and, the, and demand, you, you instantly created more demand and you did not have time to build up the supply. So this was going to happen no matter what you did. So you could either help people in the short term and deal with the inflation right after the fact, or you could screw people, not help them, watch them flounder and still have inflation after the fact. Right. And it didn't matter who you elected, whether it was Trump or Biden or Jesus. Right, you were going. This these factors were already set in place. So, um, yeah. But I mean, we kind of we kind of got off the no, we got off the rails and <clears throat> but, went more worldwide. But, but, but yeah. I mean, that's what we're looking at right now. And you've also got a, an increasingly angry, relatively uninformed populace yes. that gets you know spending thirty cents more on a for a loaf of bread or whatever. You notice it. I notice it. I go to the fucking grocery store. But ground beef the other day for five ninety nine a pound. I usually pay roughly half that. Right. And it's just it's uh, <clears throat> look. You think you notice it at the grocery store? You don't eat like I do. So True. yeah, I mean, and, and, that's, I don't, and you have a, right. a wife and kid, so yeah, I'm spending way less than you. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a really scary world right now. And I spent <laughs> the weekend 
driving around on a drunk bus with idiots in downtown Cleveland, and downtown Cleveland looked fantastic. But I don't know why I'm bringing that up. Downtown Cleveland looked great. Um, uh, but but, the, the, but yeah, I'm sorry. All right, I want to jump to this though because we talked about Kanye West last week, and it was something when we were doing our like pre-show chat. I did not have the Kanye West, Donald Trump, Nick Fuentes meeting on the board, and you were like, "What the fuck?" I I'm going to defend myself now and say. I had spent the whole week in West Virginia watching nothing but Hallmark Channel and hanging with my mom. So I had missed that whole thing when it happened. And I had never actually heard Nick Fuentes talk until this week. And you can't, you can say someone is a white supremacist, a, a radical, whatever. There's no projection with Nick Fuentes. He is all those things in spades and he's proud of it. Yeah. He called for a Catholic Taliban. He literally wants a religiously ruled country under Catholic law where birth control is against the law, where the police will literally come to you. And and I'm saying radical, wild shit right now. And I'm not projecting. I'm echoing. This dude is that far fucking out there. He's young, too. How old is this guy? He must be 30. No, I don't even think he... I think he's like 28 or something okay. like that. It's, it's, he's, anyway, he, he, you're right. He's, he's young, very young. And he's a fucking psycho. Yep. And I didn't... Again, I'm, this is kind of a, a mea culpa on, on my part. I did not realize how off the rails this dude was until I watched him. And this was on a recorded show. This isn't he got caught on a hot mic at right. the bar. This is, here's me saying what I believe. I'm just going, oh my God. You are literally saying you want this to become a... Religious controlled state, meaning America, which one of the great things about America is freedom of religion. And that term gets thrown around and, and frankly typically means nothing to people who don't hear what they want to hear. But to people like me who say, I grew up Catholic and we've talked about my struggles with that, but uh, uh, you know, I don't want my religion to be projected onto people. This guy literally wants a state, a religious state to be declared in the United States and to project all the Catholic beliefs of birth control is abortion, which is a bullshit argument. And anyway, I, I listened to this guy and I was absolutely fucking shocked at how out there he was with, yep, I want, um, I'll go to the race issues now. Oh, black people are complaining because they have a different uh, water fountain. Boo hoo. Fuck you, Nick Fuentes. Yeah, yeah, when he was talking about Jim Crow being a good thing. Yeah, right. Yep. Jim Crow being a good thing. Hitler has some good... I mean, this guy is, you know, floor to the gas. Pedal yeah. to the pe pe of, Gas pedal to the floor. Okay, floor to the gas. I said floor to the gas. Yeah. All right. Um, you are, I mean, like, the, the, last, the last seven minutes or so have been quite the uh, quite the trip for you with the... All right. But, no, I, look, uh, Nick Fuentes, the problem with him is that you know, in an, a normal world, he would be considered a clown and, you know, would be instantly discredited and we would be done with him, right? But, nope, it's, you know, the post-Trump presidential era. It's 2022, almost 2023. And, you know, this guy thrives a way lot more than he should. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Gomer have, like, spoken at his, uh, uh, you Events, know, yeah. America First uh, PAC events. Um, and they, you know, like the Republicans and, and conservatives, if, if you, if something comes out that Nick Fuentes has said, 
right? One of these, you know, really sick, vile, racist, uh, whatever things, um, then on the spot, if they're put on the spot, then they'll generally refute the concepts that he's talking about, but they don't directly refute him. They'll say, well, you know, we, I, you know, don't support racism. I don't support white supremacy. I don't support these types of things. And let's move on, right? Like, so they won't just directly go and say, Nick Fuentes is a piece of shit. I don't support anything he says or does, right? And the reason why they don't do that is because that there are enough people who align with Nick Fuentes who vote Republican and GOP that our political figures, our congressmen and senators, recognize that they can't directly attack a person who their base supports because they don't want to lose those votes, right? And so you, you, you have this atmosphere where a guy like Nick Fuentes can thrive and, and not just get buried, right, for his really, really terrible thought, thoughts and ideas. Um, and then you get that magnified when he hooks up with, with Ye, Kanye West, formerly known. Right. Um, I think magnified needs to be kind Yeah, of I mean, and, and, and West basically starts, you know, regurgitating some of the things and thoughts that Nick Fuentes has said. Um, Ye ends up on Alex Jones' show. He still has a show. Yeah, right. Um, which is, you know, we talked about not being able to kill him because he still, you know, you can't just boot him off the internet. Um, he still has a show. He's still making money. Uh, he did file for bankruptcy. He's got anywhere from, I think it said like a million to $10 million in assets and like a billion to $10 billion in liabilities. Yeah. I was like, what? So anyway, um, you know, but Ye goes on his show and starts talking about, you know, Hitler had some good ideas and, uh, you know, kind of just... I love everybody. Right. Including Hitler. Okay. Yeah. But while wearing a fucking... I mean, a gay mask. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, the mask, got, like, you know, if you saw, um, uh... Are you talking about Rorschach? Because that's what... It, no, 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 I was, at, um, oh, shit. Pulp Fiction, right? Oh, Get Mask. Okay. Uh, get yeah, Mask, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. With, uh, uh, in the basement with Bruce Willis. But, um, <laughs> you know, he's wearing this weird mask, he's saying all this, all this wild shit, and it, and it literally, it's the same type of shit that Nick Fuentes has been saying for the last few years, um, and Nick Fuentes is sitting right. on the other side of Alex Jones. Right. And, and um, you know, he, Kanye West just magnifies this, right? Like, I mean, he's literally like the perfect mouthpiece for a guy like Nick Fuentes because Kanye West has, you know, however many followers on social media, 30 million, 50 million, whatever it may be. Um, and so he magnifies the message that Fuentes is putting out there, which is why they love it. Um, but then he puts his own spin on it. And uh, listen, I said a long time ago that we need to stop blaming mental illness, mental health, mental disorders for people's bad behavior. There are millions of people who suffer and struggle with mental health um, in the form of depression, bipolar, um, anxiety, anxiety all, the very, all the things that people suffer from, and they aren't gross humans. Right, and Kanye West has proven to be a spoiled, gross human with his behavior. Even like, look, I'm not a Kim Kardashian fan, but the way he treated her when they broke up was just—it was disgusting. Um, the way he is acting right now, 
um, you know, intentionally saying things to hurt people, whether it's, you know, Jewish people, black people, whatever. And the sick part about it is that the GOP has been doing what I'm about to say for a long time, but it's magnified with Kanye West, where they're saying, oh, can't be racist because it's Kanye West. I, I was, right? I was He's black. That. Yep. Right? And, and they throw that out there as a defense or as, as, a, as a, a, you know, to, to, to throw him support, like, he's just a free thinker. He's just speaking the truth. He's just saying what we've been saying all along, right? And we're like, yeah, we know, right? <laughs> like, he's no also, shit. He's also a certified crazy right. person. Right, I mean, and, and, and this idea that these concepts and things are, are, well, if it's coming from a black guy, it's not racist, and then it, then in turn you flip around and become the racist because you're calling the black, like, it's, it, it's the, that is the Trump effect. Right, like just no matter what, no matter what, if they say you're wrong, you just say no, you're wrong, right? Because Kanye said it's okay, and he's black, so why? Yeah, but I mean, like, right, like that's Trump's whole thing, yeah. right? Like, like, hey, Trump, you stole money. I didn't steal money. You stole money. That's what happened. You stole money, right? Like, that's how Trump. That's literally has been Trump's mo, and that's exactly what's happening here, where you know people are support. Like, and now people are starting to pull their support for Kanye. I mean, obviously. Anyone with any sort of uh, um, support or uh, you know affection towards Israel and Jewish people has pulled their support from him, which is a lot of people, and yeah. he's lost a lot of money, a lot of fans, uh, all the respect. Uh, but you know, you're even seeing some of the political figures that were so in love with Kanye now having to change their tune. Um, I forget it was like the Republican Chamber of Commerce or something like that. Um, had a tweet that said, you know, like Elon, Kanye, and Trump, and then after Kanye's, you know, <laughs> comments, they had to delete the tweet, right? Um, so he is losing support. You know, Republicans are starting to push back on him, um, but it's really only because of the specific comments about, you know, Hitler and and yeah. and, the, and the Jewish people, you know, running everything and all that other stuff. Um, yeah, you know, so that's sort of their, you know, they're like you can say and do whatever you want, but here's the line when it comes to, you know, how offensive you can get. And he definitely crossed and stepped over that line, you know. But the question then becomes, right? Like, how does this Kanye West, Nick Fuentes, Trump, well, Trump, you know, Trump, Marjorie Taylor right. Greene, how, like, because they're all kind of in the same boat, right? Even though, like. Kanye West and, and Fuentes and Trump apparently aren't friends anymore because Trump is getting dragged over it, so he's trying to distance right. himself from them. But I still put them all in the same MAGA group, right? So what does this do for the Republican Party overall? Because I think we all are seeing that there's likely going to be a split there. So does it mean there's a whole other party? Or do they kind of take a page out of the Democrats' book and sort of self-cannibalize? I don't know. Um, but it's just something important that you need to watch. You know, and Trump even came out and said last night that, you know, basically we need to suspend the Constitution and he needs to be put in office because of this whole situation at Twitter. <laughs> right? So, you know, I mentioned the Elon Musk in a tweet. Uh, so we know Elon Musk has taken over Twitter. He has fired or laid off or gotten rid of a lot of the staff that was there when he took over. Um, he's done a number of things, like he took away verification, but then he brought it back because he realized the problems, like why the verification right. aspect existed. 
Um, you know, he he's made a lot of changes and then changed things back. Like, you know, he fired a lot of people and then he realized he needed those people, so he brought them back. Um, you know, so Elon Musk is doing Elon Musk things. But one of the things that he did was he outed Twitter for, you know, some of their behind-the-scenes work and how they operate. And one of the things during the 2020 election, there were a number of accounts that were suspended or tweets that were, you know, removed or, um, you know, some sort of iteration of that. And, you know, or Elon Musk and, and his team, you know, basically are saying they're doing everyone a public service and doing this big expose on how Twitter was operating during that time. And what was happening was that you had members of both part, both political parties, you know, Trump's administration, his White House, his campaign, asking for people to be, you know, uh, tweets to be deleted or accounts to be suspended. The DNC was doing the same thing, requesting that, again, um, accounts be suspended or tweets be deleted because they violated Twitter's terms of service. Now, both sides had a political reason for looking for specific types of tweets that violated Twitter's terms of service, but also were against them, right? Going against right. their narrative, against their interests. Both parties did this. Um, you saw, you know, specifically Trump's White House asking and requested for certain progressive accounts to be, again, tweets to be deleted, accounts to be suspended. You saw it with the DNC and Biden's campaign also doing, you know, that similar thing. And, you know, the numbers don't lie. There were more uh, conservative accounts that were, you know, suspended or tweets deleted than progressives or liberals or Democrats, what have you, uh, by a relatively large margin. And what, how this is being spun is that it's, you know, oh, well, the government was telling a private entity to censor people, so that in turn violates First Amendment rights. Well, all right, we've done this. Uh, right, I mean, we've done it, and it's a little bit, it's not quite as cut and dry as some of the other, you know, bad legal analysis that goes on around the Constitution. This is a slightly bit more complicated, but the reality is, is that Biden and his team, they weren't in office at the time. Now, you could make an argument that if it came from the DNC, that the DNC represents the Democratic Party and people that are already currently in office, so then that could be in turn the government, you know, trying to censor people through um, a social media company as a, using them as a mechanism. Uh, I think that's a really hard argument to make in court um, because, again, the DNC itself is not a government institution, right? It's actually it's a it's right. a private entity. But the court of public opinion is that's fine. Is but, real. Uh, and, and it's real, but I mean, they want to take this to court, right? Like, so once oh, you say well, they, they, they oh, good luck like, with that. All right. Well, because James Woods, our our buddy, <laughs> um, who I still will argue is one of the best characters on Family Guy, um, <laughs> he you know made this big stink because his tweet got deleted, his account got suspended, and you know over this tweet where he posted a picture of a nude Hunter Biden, right, fully nude, cock out, with a hooker about to blow him, and Hunter Biden holding a crack pipe. So That's a bad look. <laughs> not a great look, right? And, you know, James Woods tweets this out and says, you know, I, I know who I'm voting for, or hurry up and get to the ballots, and keep the, whatever. Okay, fine. And then this comes out, so James Woods, and the DNC specifically requested that the tweet be taken down. Um, and James Woods is saying that this is censorship and that he's going to sue the DNC for censorship. Uh, when the bottom line is, is that the tweet itself violated Twitter's terms of service. In 2015, Twitter said that they, they uh, 
came up with a with a rule that said, look, you cannot post um, um, intimate or suggestive, um, you know, or pornographic images of someone okay. without their consent. Right? Um, it's pretty basic. Someone on Twitter was just like, oh, well, it depends on the state. No, it doesn't. Right? It does not depend on the state if it is in the terms of service, in their rules and regulations on how they operate. They can absolutely remove something that they don't see fit. They're a private company. Yeah. You know, whatever. Right? right? Like, Capitalism, baby. Right. Now, that's the other thing. Twitter is a private company. The DNC asked them to do things. They did them. Right? But they didn't have to do them. Right? Like, and same thing. Now, where the, where the argument really has some issues is that Trump was in office. Trump was the president. His administration did have authority, you know what I mean, that could negatively Over impact. The FCC oh, or... Right. Well, right, that could hurt Twitter. So, you know, all these arguments that they're making, like you kind of got to direct those at the people who were in the White House at the time who were partaking in this, um, which everyone just ignores and literally will not reply to if you look on Twitter, just like they immediately go to the what about the Democrats? Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, I think it's all ridiculous. I think Elon Musk knows that it's bullshit, but he also knows that it'll get that conservative base riled up. It'll get him more support for Twitter. It'll pull more people into Twitter to see what all this is about, um, and ultimately helps Twitter. Like the more, wait, like right. if you're talking about Twitter, right, in any way, shape, or form, and it's bringing people to the platform. Musk sees it as a win. He sees it as a way to recoup his $44 billion. And so he's absolutely going to do it, and that's what he's doing. He knows that there's no, nothing legal about it. He knows that it's not a First Amendment violation. But he's going to stoke it up because it's good for him and it's good for Twitter. Um, or what's good for Twitter is good for him. Uh, obviously, Trump and the James Woods types, they see this as like justification or uh, uh, validation over the, their claims over the deep, sit, the deep state and the ties to social media companies and how social media is against conservatives. Um, and they're going to use that as a rallying cry, um, you know, especially Trump. And I think what's interesting, again, is how someone else in the world of the GOP has been very quiet about this. Right, and that's Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis okay. hasn't said shit about this. He hasn't said anything about it. Maybe he's got some surrogates that are out there that you know that may be saying things, but he himself hasn't come out and said anything. And I think even if he does, it'll be very, it'll be very measured. It'll be very metered um, because again, I think Ron DeSantis is letting Trump basically bury himself, like throw all this stuff out there. And as soon as DeSantis enters the race, and as soon as as Trump really starts trying to go after DeSantis. I think DeSantis is going to drag him with all of this shit, and then you'll see the divide in the Republican Party, and then we'll see how that impacts the election in 2024. Well, you know, I, I have to give you a lot of credit, because you've been calling this for months, and and you've called it perfectly right, that DeSantis is sitting back, let, let Trump fuck himself, he's a smart, measured, calculated guy who has a ridiculous resume. Again, I, I this is Full credit to you, because you said this to me maybe a year ago, yeah. that you know this guy, he's smart, he's fucking vicious, but he knows when to shut the fuck up. And one thing Donald Trump and Kanye West do not know how to do yes. is when to shut the fuck up. Right. And, and yeah, know. I mean, I did, and I said it, and because it, the reason why I, I harped on it with you and maybe with a few other people when we're starting to talk about it on the show is that 
I'm not saying this in praise of Ron DeSantis. No. It's because I think that he is dangerous, right? And that you need to pay attention. And that it's it's clear how this is going to go down. And I think that Ron DeSantis can absolutely win. And a Ron DeSantis-Joe Biden matchup for the White for, for the White House, for the pre- presidency, I'm telling you, is probably a landslide for DeSantis. Not even close. I and, won't argue and, with that. And there are people who will be like, well, we beat Trump twice. Like, okay, well, that's fine. But DeSantis is a whole other animal. Because, again, DeSantis doesn't come with the baggage that Trump does, right? Like, y- yeah. y- you know what I mean? Like, like you're not even going to have right. the... You, like, you, you had easy wins with Trump that you couldn't capitalize on. You don't have these with DeSantis, right? So then you take DeSantis, who knows how to do the same things that Trump did without all the bullshit. Like, he can right. rally people, and he can, he can get at the, 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 the ire of um you know middle class white america you know whether they're rich or poor they're just pissed that they're not making more money they're pissed because you know there's so much there's so many brown people all around that that just aren't that are just too uppity and and gas prices and gay sex and abortion and all like he's right. going to pull on all those strings just like trump did and he's going to get just as animated and he's going to be able to pull all sorts of celebrities and everybody behind him to get support and he will be able to point to specific things that Biden has done that's going to piss off that base even more. People that voted for Trump but then realized that he was a piece of shit are going to look at DeSantis and say, hey, I get the same thing, only this one doesn't suck, right? Like you're going to lose your independence and they're going to see DeSantis because everyone's going to think that he's a buffoon, right? But up against Trump, he's not going to look like a buffoon. Right, because Trump is the ultimate buffoon, and he is going to take the spotlight on stupidity. And DeSantis is going to be able to mitigate that by saying, "Hey, I think a lot of the I agree with a lot of the stuff he says and does, but at the same time, there's a lot of the stuff that he says and does that is absolutely insane and bullshit. And uh, with me, you don't get the insane bullshit. With me, you just get you just get the meat. You just get right? the maggot. So." I and and again, there's a lot of things that again that he's in line with Trump that I think are dangerous, that I think are not good for our republic, our union, our country. Um, and I don't want to see him in office. But if you don't know your opponent and you don't pay attention to your opponent, then you get blindsided by your opponent. And I think that that's what Democrats are looking at. I'm I'm, I'm not trying to be uh, Steve fanboy right now. But the Democratic Party needs to hire you as a strategist. <laughs> because, seriously, they need to... This guy is better than I gave him credit for. And when i you know talking to Joe on, Joe on the street or whoever, um, they don't know how dark this guy is, how, how savage this guy is. Right. And they, I mean, like, like and you said... They, he, like, look at some of the stuff he's done in Florida, right? As governor, he literally weaponized against Disney. Against Disney. Which you don't fuck with this. When I lived right. in Florida, the, the, the line was, you don't fuck with the rat because the rat has teeth. Exactly. And he said, I mean, fuck you, Disney. Right. And, and you know, whether he won, won or lost that, I, you know, it's debatable. But... He didn't lose. He, I, mean, I mean, he won he, the governorship in well, a landslide. Right. He did win the governorship. But, I mean, like, Disney is still Disney in, in threat. Right, right, right. Though. So, I mean, like, yeah, there You're was... You're not going to take Disney right, down. I, right. But... 
Um, he did that with other organizations that, you know, if they came out and they said something he didn't like or stuff that went against the the MAGA narrative, then he, you know, he, he sought to punish them in the state and there was really no recourse against him. Um, he's done some other really questionable things. Like he, he, uh, uh, reactivated this like civil militia group allegedly to support hurricane recovery, but he did it like a year and a half ago and it was, it was at a weird time. And I, I don't know what's going on with that group and not a lot of people, like I bring it up and everybody looks at me like I'm crazy, but look it up. Um, you know, he's just done a lot of questionable things that scare me because it's one thing to do them in the state of Florida it's a whole nother thing when you're the president of the United States and you have all the resources of the United States and the military um, and the control over the economy at your fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, you, you called it um, and it's just playing out in, in real time now. Uh, before we get into 2024, though, 2022 elections are not over yet. And we have the Georgia uh, Senate race, which is... The votes on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Yeah. Now, you talked a bit ago about how you just point the finger back and say, oh, yeah, look at you. Um, They're trying to come out and say Raphael Warnock has black supremacist, uh, you know, tendencies in his background. And they put that out there because people are calling, you know, a lot of, uh, we talked about white supremacy a minute ago, and that's like the real... uh, Thing that's been coming out, and so then when you point back and say, "Oh yeah, look at Raphael Warnock. He's a black supremacist. He was a member of this church, and this church had this guy." And I'm like, "Oh my God, you're going back 20 years. Yep. Some dude talked at a church." I'm, <laughs> I'm reading this, going, "Does anyone fall for this?" And the answer is, "Yes, yes. they do." Yep, hook, line, and sinker. Yep. Um, you know, which is why it's an effective strategy, even though it like it, a thinking person would go. Okay, he was a but junior pastor. We now know that we have very few of those people. Yes. Right? We just we just do. And we have a lot of people who think that they're thinkers, but ultimately you have a lot of people, both progressive and MAGA, who literally, re- like, they use the Cliff Notes version of headlines, and they use it as it's, like, law and gospel, right? Like, so you have people who, like, and I'm just simplifying this, but... They not only don't read the article, they barely read the headline, and then they misrepresent the headline, and then that is that is law, that is factual, that is what happened, that is, you know, the way you need to live your life by, right? right. Um, and I, I and, do my own research. No, you yeah, don't. I mean, you read a headline, right? Like they just they scroll they scroll Twitter, right? And they see it. They see a subject. They see something twen- trending. They go to the person who's saying the things that they want to hear. And then they'll scroll through that, and that is their research. And then if you dispute that, well, <laughs> you're just a sheep getting led by the wolves, buddy. Right. Um, no, but, but, I mean, I, I do want to push back at you, though. There is no left-wing version of the, this kind of twist. When you try to paint Raphael Warnock as a black supremacist who's this radicalized whatever, there's no major news organization on the left. No, but, there's not. But I mean, I, look... You have to, you, look, there's a lot that MAGA and the GOP are doing that doesn't have a match on the left in terms okay. of how sinister Agreed. it is. Agreed. Fully agree. But we, I, progressives, like far left progressives will not get a pass on this show from me 
under any circumstances because I've seen how ugly and nasty and vicious they can be. And it's not, that's not an exaggeration. It's not what about, it's not, it's not both sides in it. It's fucking true. There are some really sick individuals that are on the progressive left that are so fucking far gone that they are also dangerous. Now, there's not as many of them as there are on the right, not nearly as many of them, but they are out there and they have access to people like Ilhan Omar and AOC and they get the ear of these people and if they do something bad enough, then sure, you'll see, oh, well, you know, I, I don't know who that, they'll, they'll pull a Trump, right? But it, it is reality and we're not going to sweep it under the rug just because of how bad the right is, right? I'm not, uh, I'm uh, not dismissing that. But we're not going to ignore them just just because. I, I, that's fine. I just where I push back is they don't have a mainstream media outlet that echoes this. CNN doesn't get out there and promote you know anyone you know, whatever whatever you know toxic masculinity blah blah blah. They don't go out there and say this is you know the awful thing. There's plenty on the left that pushes extremes, and I cannot argue that. They just don't have a mainstream media outlet. The right does. They okay. have Fox News. They have Met Actually, News. But, I mean, that, yes. Mainstream media. But even mainstream media is realizing, right, like, the, you know, all of those have broken down and gotten, you know, internet streaming and, you know, yeah. things that look very similar to some of the stuff that you're seeing on YouTube because of the way people access information. And so because of the way people access information now, right, there are fewer and fewer people, like, listen, these shows... Fox News, whether it's Tucker Carlson or Laura Ingram or whoever's on MSNBC or whoever is on um, uh, CNN, like they're getting maybe a million people, a couple million people. Like NFL games, every like the shittiest NFL game this weekend will get more viewership than any one of those shows and maybe all of those shows combined, right? So the reality is that they're touching, you know, relatively, like when you think about it, a small number of people, but yet it has a massive impact. Yep. That being said, right, these other outlets on YouTube, podcasts like ours, right, like give, everyone has a voice. Everyone, if they wanted to, could have a show on YouTube, could have a podcast, could have an audience and a platform. Yeah. Now, whether it gets picked up by however many people is a whole different other story, right? Um, but the bottom line is, is that while, while the, those on the left that, I feel are dangerous, don't have the same sort of platform that those on the right do. They still have them, and they're still out there. Like, there's a channel on SiriusXM, channel 227, right, I, I mean, think, no. um, that is very far left-leaning. And there are some shows on there that I've listened to where I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. We, oh, we need to just delete this whole station. Um you know, with some really, really far out there, far stuff. And not that it's even necessarily as dangerous. It, some of it is just flat out stupid. <laughs> um, you know, especially as it relates to, uh, you know, like the, the, like the, I mean, there was a person That's on there. I was hoping for an example. Well, there was, there was a person on one of these shows who was, they were talking about gender, right? And they were talking about the number of genders out there. And then they were going through this laundry list of things that we need to do to acknowledge you know, all these different genders, right? And, like, not just acknowledge them, but make sure that their rights are fully whatever. And it's just like, dude, what? 
Like, no, we, we, we're not going to make a special thing for every fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry that's out. You know, I mean, it just, it was a really bizarre argument that this person was making that was really far out there. I, and that's, if, if you believe that, that's fine. But also, yeah. Now you're the one getting us in trouble. Well, no, 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 no. Here's the problem, though. Again, I'm more about fucking winning, right? I don't need the guys on the other side to get into power, right? Which means, which absolutely, and, and pe- there are people who aren't going to like this, but some of the far left people need to be shut the fuck down because you're the problem, right? Even though they're a small contingent, what happens is they take these, the right will take very extreme, far left, off the wall, but you know, somewhere down a rabbit hole examples of a far left progressive saying or doing something stupid, then they will magnify it on their platform, right? And they'll as say, a, this is normal. Yeah. And then what they'll say is, this is what everybody on the left thinks. This is what everybody on the left believes, right? And then their whole faction, all those people who follow Fox News and OAN and Newsmax or whatever, the Alex Jones, they, they and, but then... All the conservative people like Alex Jones or Tim Pool or whoever, they amplify it on their platforms, yep. right? And again, it's just this one crazy person off on the left, right, who's just talking out of their ass on their YouTube channel, but then it automatically gets magnified, amplified by the right as the thoughts of the left, and it's debilitating because then Democrats are on the defensive fighting against that, and they're not attacking the, the GOP for the shit that they're actually doing or the things that they should be doing that they're not doing when they're in power, right? And they weaponize, they weaponize it against the Democrats, against the left, and it becomes a national narrative, Right, it become it become it. Then it just becomes a thing. Now there are people out there who have no idea, but there are people out there who actually believe that there are doctors that are willing to remove a little boy's penis or give a little girl a vagina under the age of like ten, right? And they think right. they think that this is real. They think that it, like and and the the people who are watching this, right? Who are watching Fox News? They hear Tucker Carlson say it. Right, and then automatically it becomes gospel, and then it gets spread. Right, and that's how this fucking virus works. Which is why I'm saying, like, Democrats and progressives need to be smart about how they message things and stop with this. Well, just because you don't like it, and just because they don't like it, doesn't mean it shouldn't be said. Right, slow progress is no longer progress. We want full change now. All right, bitch. Well, you're about to get your ass handed to you if you're not careful. Right? And everybody will point to, well, the midterms weren't as bad as we thought they were going to be, so that means that you're wrong. Like, okay, fuck around and find out in 2024. You know, and I think that even goes further, that when you look at all the, you talk about mental health and there's just bad people, when you take a bad person and you feed that to them and they believe, holy shit, uh, you know, if I don't go into this LGBTQ club and shoot these people up, then children are being indoctrinated and whatever it, it all feeds in i'm not saying that i mean i did kind of say it last week but um yeah that's part of the same part right. of the same sickness right you right because there's certain things like you, you, vilify, for- you vilify a group of people and make someone say oh they are evil they are hurting our kids they are doing this you can make people believe that and people you believe know, that to here's a, a really simple thing right maybe something that we could stop doing on the left or doing drag shows or doing like story times with drag queens Right now, look. I don't give a shit about drag queens. I don't like they're not predators or not people. I, you know, but did, like is it is a is a is a drag queen a man dressed up as a woman 
in fishnet stockings and, you know, right. over the top makeup and a big wig. Like, is that really helping that kid? Right? Like, I mean, is that like, what, what is that really doing? Right? And, and it opens their eyes like, hey, this is a person, they're normal. Okay, fine. I think that there's a line, there's a balance, right? Between like you can you can ex- you can accept it you can talk about it in schools, um, but I think the idea of like bringing it into the schools like again I don't I don't think that this is harming these kids, but on the grand scheme of thing the bigger picture, it is being weaponized against you. Now your argument is like well then that means we should say it louder and we should do it more, like well in the short term it may cost you more than you gained from it, and. In this short time, there's a lot hanging in the balance. And if you lose some key races at, at the wrong time, you may not be able to see that power swing back in a, in a decent normal time frame. And now you've lost because you, you, you had to stand by this particular right. thing. Right. Now, listen, it's a shitty choice. I'm not saying, like, you know, it shouldn't matter. Right? Like, if some dude wants to dress up like a girl and read stories to kids and the kids think, think it's funny and there's some kid that's uneasy about their gender, sexuality, or whatever, and it helps to make them better, that's great. Am I? But to make things better for that kid overall, every aspect of their life, you may not want those other guys to get into power. And in order to prevent those other guys from getting into power and making that kid's life way worse... Right. You know, for a longer period of time, then you may have to sacrifice story time with the drag queen, with the kids, so that that particular thing can't be weaponized against you in this so important thing that is our democracy. I wish I could argue with you. I wish I could push back on that, but I can't. Because you're right, it is so easy to, anytime you bring what is it doing to the kids into the mix, you've got power. Yeah. Now, you got a kid, I don't. But... If someone was doing something that you believed was toxic to your child, I know how you would handle it. Yeah. And whether accurate or not, this sort of thing becomes fodder for the weaponizing of, look at what the liberals are doing to you. And when you make it look like they're trying to turn your kid gay, being gay is not a choice. This has been proven over and over again. It's just how you're wired. It is what it is. Um, But... When when you can convince, right? Some because dudes in there's a difference between, like, look, you want to push back against the GOP trying to pull, you know, books by gay authors about, you know, growing up gay and growing into their sexuality. I'll fight that fight with you all day, right? I think removing right. books, banning books, like we just know in history that that there's no value to removing books, right? And there's no value to that type of censorship. And I will absolutely fight that fight with you until the day that I die. Right. But when again, something like that, right, fighting that fight to, to do the drag queen story time or the situations where they bring in they do these burlesque shows for kids birthdays and things like that. Those are the sort of things that we don't need. Right. Like right. that's not going to necessarily advance. It, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I've, I've seen things where you've got, you know, a, a drag queen doing the, the, the equivalent of, like, a strip show, and they got a kid, like, sticking money in their garter or whatever. They bring a kid on stage to do the same thing, and, the, you know, they're throwing money at the kid. I'm like, guys, come on, what are you doing? You're just... Right? Like, red, you, red you, you, to the right. You, right. You, I mean, you, you are literally just throwing a gasoline bomb 
on a bonfire? Like what? The, like are you try, are you trying to lose? Like what are you doing? Right? And you can't control individuals. And a lot of times, this, this is just you know some mom, you know some really super progressive mom that wants to stick it to the man, and so they're going to do the most outrageous, ridiculous thing that they can think of. So let's have drag queens do a strip show at our kid's birthday. That'll show conservatives. Like, I mean, yeah, it's going to show them. Win, All right. win the battle, lose the war. Yeah, I mean, and this, and and I think that's just there's a lot of that go, that goes on with progressives, especially not even in necessarily the political realm, but just like the average person who feels that they're going to do their part, and it's it's almost like a game of one-upsmanship. Yeah. Right. To to show like, well, this should be okay. Right, this most extreme, ridiculous thing should be okay. Why are we? Because you're an ist, a racist, a sexist, a monocist, a misogynist, or whatever. Um, and and they think it's helping, but in reality, it's not. Like the 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 issue is, look, if we want to get this thing right, then we have to get back to the ideas that you are not going to be able to make everybody happy. You are not going to be able to right all the wrongs of the past, and you are not going to have the level of equity and fairness that you're demanding. It's not, it, it, like, just, it, you're dealing with people and human capital, right? And there are emotions, there are varying degrees of intelligence, there are all these factors that have to come into play. So in order to right this ship, right, we need a broad understanding that there has to be compromise, that things aren't going to be perfect, that there is going to be some disparities. The goal should be to minimize those, to allow people to have opportunities to thrive without absolutely burying other people for the sake of other people to survive, right? Like we have to, like we have to find middle ground on so many of these topics to maintain order, to maintain peace, and to push for growth but if we continue to be, we have to be, we got to do everything that we want to do on the left, which most of it is going to be the opposite of what they want to do on the right. And the people on the right say, well, we want to do the opposite of everything they want to do on the left, no matter what, even if it hurts us, just because we hate them. As long as those are the two political party stances, right, and any suggestion of compromise, call, you know, you get called a fence sitter or a traitor or whatever, then you all are just re resolute to the fact that this whole thing is going to fucking burn down. And if that's what you, if, if you're okay with that, then so be it. I'm prepared, right? I'm prepared either way. I'm prepared to move on in a civilized society where we can talk to each other and have, you know, open debate and we can, different people can enjoy each other's companies even though they don't necessarily agree with things politically. But I'm also prepared if you guys want to go full apocalypse and we're bartering, you know, ammunition for, for, for food, um, and it's literally like a fucking Walking Dead sort of scenario, then so be it. I never got into The Walking Dead. Well, I, I didn't either, but I, I just know okay. it's, it's like a post-apocalyptic yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of thing, you, and it's the only thing I can think of. Because, like, I mean, like, I, like, listen, I train every day. I shoot a lot. I have no issue eating random wild game. <laughs> Um, I'm saying no, you're eating people. I'm like, don't go no, full no, Alex no, Jones. No, 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 no. I saying, will eat your ass. No. Is an Alex Jones quote. No, there's there's only certain people I'll say that to. Um, <laughs> but uh, I won't say it to an entire audience. Depending, <laughs> unless you can tell me who's in the audience. No, but but we have listeners in Russia. Let's right. stop there. But I wonder if we still have listeners in Russia. I wonder how we I lost. don't know. But um, you know, my my point is, is that if we if we don't get back to the idea of compromise in really quick order, 
um, you're just going to see this, this continued de-evolution. And I don't think we'll get to po post-apocalyptic Terminator 4 or whatever, yeah, yeah. or the one with Christian Bale. I don't think we'll get there um, in the next 10 or 15 years, but things are going to continue to get uglier. You're going to see more and more civil unrest um, in pockets across the country, and the, and the size of those will probably grow. Um, you know, you'll see destabilization of markets, which is already sort of starting to happen, and we're, we're barely kind of holding it together. Um, it, you know, so we're at, a, we're at a crossroads, I feel, over the next five years or so. Um, and it doesn't seem like we're going the right direction. Maybe 2024 somehow, someway stabilizes things. Um, I don't see how they get any better. Um, you know, and, and, or the one thing that we're facing is that, you know, the Republicans or the Democrats figure out a way to get complete control, right? Like, so you've got, you know, a, you know, a, a strong majority in the Congress, you've got a strong majority in the Senate, you've got, you know, the same party president, um, and, it, you know, somehow there's an adjustment in the Supreme Court that fits and aligns all that. So you have the supermajority all the way up and down, you know, all the branches of government, and then they set things the way they want them, right? So whether it's right or left or whatever, so then everyone's sort of stuck with that one sort of narrative, right? Now, I'm not, that's terrible, okay. but what it does, it could do is it could stabilize things. And I'm not saying for the better or the worse, but it could because like everyone's forced to kind of go one direction. I don't see that happening either. And again, I'm not saying it's good, but like the, the, there aren't many outcomes based off of where we are right now, right? I need Dr. Strange to get up in here and give me some calculations <laughs> on like, do we win any of them? Only one. Um, yes. You know, I mean, so I, I don't know, but I feel like I, I, I don't feel strong about him coming back and telling me that there's one way for us to win, you know, uh, based off the way we're going. I, we could probably do this for hours. I hope everybody got the Affinity, Infinity War. I, 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 I really it. hope it, they do. I got it. I'm and, happy and, that you I got it. I was going to say, and I'm not a Marvel comic guy like you are, so if I got it, most right. people And I didn't even go did. crazy. I, I just, almost did the shield thing with my hands. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I didn't go too crazy. I just went with the movie. I didn't dig into the actual like actual the, comic the books comic. And, and what happened that's, in the Infinity thank, War thank, that thank, way. Thank you for not doing that. Um, we got to wrap it up, but we've not talked World Cup yet. USA beats Iran, advances into the elimination round, gets eliminated by the Netherlands. And there was a lot of talk about what's going to happen to the Iranian soccer players when they go home. And that just was so gross to me. I, I wish it was. I hope it's just. I don't know. I mean, American elitism. Well, um, I, you know, I guess the concern is like because the Iranians lost to the U.S., will the players on the soccer team be punished for poorly representing the country? Which, you know, the way that the Iranian government is acting right now, it's a possibility. I mean, like they're they have taken protesters in the custody and those those protesters over there in Iran that have been taken into custody are facing death sentences. So and that's not a joke. And it's, that's it's not, as fucked up as things are here. Yes. Go there. I mean that's that's not an exaggeration. You know, have they been sentenced to die right out of the gate? No, they haven't, but what'll happen is that they'll basically go through a sham court system, right, for their crime of, you know, speaking out against the government. Right. And the penalties for that are is anywhere from ten years in prison to death. And most people who speak out against the Iranian government that are found guilty 
do not get a sentence, uh, don't, don't get a, a time sentence, they get death. So although they haven't been sentenced to death yet, it is high probability that many of these people who are speaking out against the Iranian government eventually will be killed if something doesn't happen to shift the government from where it is right now. You know, and the Iranian government went from being a dictatorship under the Shah in the 50s, and the, I will spare you the history lesson, into becoming an Islamic dictatorship. Yeah. And the only thing that can save Iran is the Iranian people who are pushing back hard. Look, there are people saying, dying well, in the streets. Look, of, I mean, you've been saying this for a long time, that you, you thought that Iran had the most potential to help stabilize the yes, region because 100%. of the demographic of people that they have. And you're not wrong. I, I believe that you were right. I, I was always just skeptical because of the actual government that's there, right? And so the only way for those people to really um, be able to take hold of the country is going to require them to basically revolt against the government and destabilize the whole country, which once you do that, then there's no guarantee that the people who revolt are ultimately the people who take over and have control. And then you have this whole thing, a cycle of just what instability, happens, right? yeah. uh, of instability. Um, and it seems like that's the direction that we're going, right? Um, either the current government will get control by just being extremely harsh and brutal, or the people will continue to push back and oust the current government, but you will have instability. You'll have to figure out who goes into power. The U.S. needs to stay the fuck out of it and not... Wait, not, why should we stay out of it? Well, we said such a great what record. We, what, what we do know is that we won't make it better, right? <laughs> but, so awful. Right? What, whatever, what, like, we can't get involved because there's no way that we can make it better, right? So even if, it, even if we stay out and they handle it themselves and it's still a train wreck... At least it's a train wreck that we didn't cause directly the, the, the current, this time. The, the current disaster is a U.S. creation. Yeah, People I know. don't like I, hearing I, that. As soon as, as soon as I said it, I was like, well, technically we... <laughs> we, we, we so we already done <sighs> fucked it up. Let's not fuck it up a different oh, way God. again. Oh, I, again. People get mad at me when I say this. And they, you know, they want to say, well... They're Muslim. Yes, yes, they are. Well, and that has nothing to do with anything. anything <laughs> exactly. Uh, but no, I, I'm seriously hoping that the Iranian population just eventually says, fuck this, we're done with this. And I, I have said it a thousand times. That's the one country where it could happen. Their population is young. Their population is progressive. Their government is oppressive as hell. Mm -hmm. And they know they're holding on by a threat. Yeah. But that threat has tanks and bombs and guns behind yep. it and the uh, until the population Here's the other flips. thing about the Iranians though. They so they're not China, North Korea, US, Russia right. when it comes to their, you know, computer savvy hacker network, but they have one. They've got young people that are very good, you know, in the world of the dark web, right? And I think that comes into play at some point. Um, you know, uh, do a lot of them work for the government? Absolutely, but they have a number of independent underground people in the world of, you know, let's fuck shit up on the internet um, that could help them, right? Um, and and that and whenever we're talking about conflict now, you have to take into account cyber capabilities. Absolutely. And for Iran, it's the people's ability to attack the government. Through their cyber, through their own individual um, networks, uh, or yeah, sovereign, 
cyber tech, 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 tech efficiency, right? Not what I wanted to say, and I completely fumbled it. But, um, you know, that's something else that has to be brought into the mix. Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to talk college football for a minute because things went a little wild this weekend. The USC things, got smoked. Yeah, so USC gets smoked by Utah. Um, I called to a degree because I thought USC's defense was trash, and Utah proved me right. Um, so I felt good about Ohio State's chances, and then uh, TCU fucked around and lost to Kansas State. Um, so then I felt even better about Ohio State's chances. Um, I know Nick Saban was on, uh, he was on at halftime of the Michigan-Purdue game last night lobbying for Alabama to be let into the playoffs, but Alabama has two losses. Two losses yep. They are not a conference champion, and they don't have really any good signature wins, right? Like, the, the losses they have probably like would have been their better wins, but they lost them. So I don't think Alabama has a chance in this, although, no, look, it's Alabama. It's a Nick Saban team. If you let them in, there's a they could good win, yeah. chance that they could win, right? Um, but at the same time, you know, like, the, like one, we've seen so much of Alabama. Um, some of these other teams, you know, should get a shot. Now, this is me, Ohio State fan, right. saying that. But um, we've seen a hell of a lot more of Alabama than we've seen uh, Ohio State in the, in the national title. You know, Michigan, you know, did their thing and supplanted their, their spot there. Georgia, you know, rolls on LSU. But, you know, when, with, with TCU losing and USC losing, the question then is, do you let in Ohio State and Alabama? Do you keep TCU and let Ohio State in? And then do you keep TCU in, move them up to three, even though they're just coming off of a loss, and then put in Ohio State at four? But Because TCU, you don't want Michigan-Ohio well, State to be right, the first but game. But the thing is that TCU lost to the 16th-ranked Kansas State team. Ohio State lost to the number two-ranked or the number three-ranked Michigan team. So, like, what, how you do this would be really interesting because then if you put Ohio State at three, now you're talking about Ohio State-Michigan rematch in the playoffs. Um, but then if you put them at number four, then you're looking at Ohio State and Georgia, which also would be a big draw. Um, but then, again, what do you do with TCU? Do they stay in the top four? Do they drop out? And then do you, do you then put in an Alabama or – do you find another one-loss team that's in the top ten that can that can take that spot? I don't know how it's going to go down. I think it's glorious because there were so many people that were dancing on the grave of Ohio State after that Michigan loss, which they should have because Ohio State and their coaching staff just absolutely shit the bed. Um, but this is this is chaos, and this is probably the closest that you're going to get to March Madness um, in basketball in terms of just the oh who's my in, god, what out. the fuck, who's in, who's out that you're going to get. Um, and it's probably one of the last times that you'll see it with this level of drama because the NCAA college football playoffs are expanding to 12 teams, I believe, in 2024. You know, I was someone asked me about that the other day, and I said that, but I wasn't sure it was yeah, next it's either year, 24 or 25. But either way, um, you know, we have an expanded playoff coming for college football, which I'm really excited about. Um, it will take away some drama a little bit, but I think it will be better overall for the sport. Because if you look at who the top 12 teams were this year, um, you've got some teams that were smaller conference independents. Um, uh, who is it? The uh, Coastal Carolina. Right. Um, the, the, use, you know, the, the Central Floridas. Um, you know, some of these teams that have really strong seasons that go undefeated now all of a sudden 
aren't just talking about going to the Jim and Steve Whiskey Congress Bowl, but now they're actually going to be in the mix for national title. Um, and look, maybe they could pull something off. I remember years ago when Boise State beat Oklahoma um, with the with the fantastic Statue of Liberty. Play. Yeah, I was, that play was um, legendary. You know, I mean, it was just an amazing. It was drawn up well. It was executed perfectly. Uh, but you never know what could happen. And while I don't think you'll see again the same sort of drama that you'll see that you could see in basketball, just because of the way the sports work, I do still think that it's just better for the overall sport. It's better for the players. It makes sense. The fact that we haven't had it makes no sense because the guys at the FCS level or one AA level in every level of college football below this level all have playoffs. Right? They have sixteen team playoffs. Right. Uh, every year they have national championships and they have national champions. When I was in college, UMass was one double A. We went to the playoffs. We went deep into the playoffs, and oddly enough, I did not fail out of school. So, uh, the idea that yeah, it's the, too the much. Whole, the whole thing about no, it's the, too much the, travel. The, it's the too student, much on the, the students, athletes. right? Like, look, there's plenty of shit that's hard about it, but you know, playing games and traveling is a part of what you sign up for. That's not what makes it hard. You know, I mean, so I, I don't know. The, the whole, the whole, it's all about the student athlete thing. I oh, think that God. has disappeared. It's never. I don't think, and it's, it, it's, it was always bullshit. Right. I think now people don't even bother listening to the bullshit. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, Ohio State's got to creep their way into the top four, in my opinion. With, with oh, they will. I mean, they're five, so they're going to. Two teams lost above. And two so. teams lost above them, so I, you really can't keep them out. They lost to the again the now number two team, and which was the number three team at the time. Um, and look, I think I personally think that Michigan is a better team because right now they're just executing at an extremely high level. I think Ohio State has more talent, but I think Michigan is just executing in a way that Ohio State has yet to do this season. We've seen them do it in the past, right? Most recently is when they drubbed Clemson two years ago in the uh, in the playoffs. Um, and played a relatively close game against Alabama until halftime and then just kind of ran out of juice because right. they can't adjust. But um, I think that I think Michigan has a legit chance. They, they, they could end up being national champions this year just because of the way that they're executing. Georgia hasn't played a team like Michigan to this point um, with that level of explosiveness and with that good of a defense. Ohio State, if they get their head out of their ass from the head coach all the way down, then they can be right there in the mix to win this thing. But if they continue to do this thing where the coaches can't adjust and, you know, I got a quarterback who can't take over and do the shit that he needs to do to be a killer, then, uh, you know, I mean, I think they, they probably end up one and done. Again, we could probably talk about this for an hour, but we got to wrap this up. So any final comments? No. At Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. We are done.